Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica! Hey girl, hey. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling? Girl, I'm stressed. I <laughs> am stressed. My wallet is stressed. My checking yes, account is stressed. <laughs> um, my saving is stressed. My credit cards <laughs> are stressed. No, but let me tell you something, okay? In the words of you, you didn't ask me, but let me tell you something. <laughs> I, okay, recently, you know how I think in the past we've talked about just like, you know, our goals for the future. And one of them that I talked to you about was possibly moving. My dream was to always have like a high rise apartment and, you know, just living that, you know, rich auntie life. Right, girl. God said no, because (laughs) first of all. The rent, obviously, inflation has been killing everybody. And I just got my new lease the other day, and it went up $235 just for rent. And I was barely making it before that. Um, So it's kind of like when they when you overdraft in your account and then they charge you an extra $35. It's like, if I didn't have the money in there, what make you think right. I got the $35? Anyway, so... Right. I was just kind of, I mean, I expected my rent to go up, but I didn't expect it to go up that high because it's also not including the extra fees and the water and the trash. And so I'm like, well, I definitely wasn't about to get a high rise, but I'd rather take this amount of money and spend it on a high rise than my little, you know, wall to wall apartment. I mean, I love my apartment, but dang, I didn't want to spend this much money. So yeah, I'm stressed. But anyway, how are you? First of all, friend, you ain't never lied. Um, I feel like everybody's stressed, including us. As you know, I am preparing to move back to Dallas. And so I have been um, apartment searching. And let me tell you something. Apartment searching is not for the week. Like, it is not. And your girl is so stressed and not being physically in Dallas right now and, like, searching from afar, trying to set up virtual tours, trying to see if you have virtual tours, trying to see what the app fee, the main fee, like, all the fees. I'm just a little bit overwhelmed because, obviously, I want to stay somewhere where I feel safe, somewhere that's nice and all these different things. But so much has changed since I moved from Dallas about, like, what was it, about a year and a half to two years ago? Mm-hmm. And so, girl, my prayer has just been, A, that I find somewhere that is not going to break my bank, and B, just somewhere that I like being because since I work from home, like you, I'm going to be at home 100% of the time unless, like, I'm out with y'all or, like, you know, my friends are mm-hmm. getting something. So I definitely want to be somewhere that I love. And, you know, like, I have my certain things that I like on my list. I was just telling Erica before we started um, recording just like petty things that I like about places or don't like about places but it's like when you're paying for something like you want it to be pretty much dang near perfect even though nothing can be perfect so first and foremost to all the people that are paying rent um, I'm gonna pour out a little bit for you because I know you are stressed and it's just you know what life is life in right now that's all I really got but you know what I'm blessed yeah. I'm highly favored I'm gonna try not to complain but apartment shop is not for the week I've been talking to some of my friends that are apartment shopping their rent went up like significantly like your rent did and they've been looking and they just haven't been finding stuff that like they think is worth it or that they like or is in the area like it's just so much that goes into apartment shopping like I feel like my first two apartments that I had on my own I don't feel like it was as stressful then as it is now 
No, it's definitely not. And then things are in high demand too. And then I feel like living on your own, like these apartment places, they don't care that you live by yourself. Like I'm not splitting this high ass rent with nobody. Okay. Right. It'd be cute if I was sharing it with somebody, but I'm not. So (laughs) I just think for me, the timing just didn't happen how I expected expected it to. Because honestly, I had really been praying like, okay, should I get a high rise? Should I get a condo? Everybody telling me, oh, you should get a house. It's a great investment. But let me tell you something. If you're not ready to buy a house in terms of like your lifestyle and just how, what, where you are in your life, don't let people pressure you into buying a this home. Thing. Like buy one when you feel like it is the appropriate time, when you when you feel like it's a place where you can really establish something, your family or somewhere you're gonna live at least five years or more so you can get the equity out of it. Like don't let don't let society pressure you into getting a house and then you in there and then it's more than rent. Okay. They like, oh well you paying a mortgage, but you also paying a lot more than right. just a mortgage. So right. That would be my advice that nobody asked me about. But I'll be yeah. in my apartment till 2023. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl. Um, all right. So speaking of stress, let's talk about dating and relationships. <laughs> okay. In our first segment of the day is dating and relationships. So Shelby, let's talk about creating a safe space in relationships. So people always talk about having or creating a safe space, whether it's platonic or romantic. So what does a safe space look like for you in friendships versus relationships? Is it the same? Is it different? Does it depend? Yeah, you know, overall, I think like the concept of being safe in your friendships and relationships, I think that they're the same. I think that for me, the expectations um, and what I need to be safe in friendships versus relationships is a little different. So when I think of like safe spaces for myself in relationships and in friendships, I think about it like this, you know. I hate to put race in it, but just like being a black woman in America, being a black woman in corporate America, being a black woman in in America, being a woman in America, um, period, no matter what race you are. Like, I just feel like there are so many um, societal pressures that uh, we have to carry and that we have to deal with. And we just, I just feel like as a woman that I always have to be on. I feel like there are very few spaces and places that I can just be myself, take my wig off, or just like not have to be aware of what I'm saying. So that's what I that's what I'm referring to when I'm being safe, like not having to watch my words, not having to pretend, not having to code switch, not having to put my little preppy white voice on, just literally showing up and being my goofy all over the place, talk a million miles a minute self. So for me, my safe space or safety for me in relationships in general, it looks like me being able to show up as my full authentic self in whatever point I am in life. I think that, and Eric and I have had these discussions a lot. I, you know, one thing that I've realized as I've grown as I've grown older and I've gone through life is that life is peaks and valleys, and so everybody wants to be your friend when you're happy, when you're celebrating, and when things are going good. But what about those valley seasons? What about those seasons where you don't even know if you can literally roll out the bed because you're so sad? What about those seasons when somebody is sick? What about those seasons where you lose your job? What about those seasons that you're depressed? What about those seasons where you're not just yourself? And so 
for me, safety, quote, safety in relationships and friendships for me looks like just being able to be my authentic full self. I don't have to code switch. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to put on an air. Um, I really have somebody in my life that's going to hold me accountable, but that's also going to be honest with me. Somebody that's safety for me in relationships looks like some people that genuinely love me and not even conditional love, but I'm talking about unconditional love. And I don't think that people think about friendships like that, but I'm talking about one thing that I've learned and life has taught me, particularly in the last two years, is that platonic friendships are very, very important. Platonic friendships for me have gotten me through very rough periods in my in my life. And they have really held me down. Like anybody that knows me knows that me and Erica pretty much are a duo. If you you used to, it used to be if you saw one of us you saw both of us. And just to use Erica as an example, she has been such a really good friend to me and continues to be a friend for me. Erica has showed up for me in times that I literally didn't even know how to show up for myself. So for me, safety and friendships looks like, you know, just being able to show up as myself, be myself, having somebody to talk to, having somebody to that really, really knows and understands me. So somebody that can give me feedback, somebody that can hold me accountable, somebody, this is important, somebody that is not judgmental. Because a lot of times I feel like people want the perfect picture of you or the person that they perceive you to be. But like, I need you to accept me as I am. Like if I never change, I think about like this, if I never changed a day in my life, would you still be my friend? If I never changed a day in my life, would you still love me and be in a romantic relationship like men was? You know what I mean? So I think for me, safety in relationships really just is a, is me being allowed to be myself, to show up as myself with my quirks, with my talking a lot, and just everything that I am. And whoever is in my life, whether that's friendship or, or friendship or romantic, just really loving and accepting me. For who I am, supporting me, showing up for me, rooting for me. And I say this a lot. My friends heard me say this a lot that like I need people in my life who are going to be able to do life with me. And I think when you do life with somebody, there are so many ebbs and flows. There are so many cycles. There are peaks, there are valleys, there are good times, there are bad times, there are all these different elements. So for me, it's can you show up for me in whatever season I am in my life? Can you evolve with me in every season I am in my life? And can you help me to grow? Can you accept me for who I am? And I think when I think about safety, I think there's so many times that people get into artificial relationships. Oh, we look cute together or, oh, we like the same things or, oh, you know, we're a power couple or we're a friendship couple. But like, do y'all have stuff in common? Do y'all have the same values? Do you have the same dreams and visions? Like, is this person like, they may be, Erica may be a little mad at me if I call her at 3 a.m., but she knows if I call her at 3 a.m., something is wrong. <laughs> like something is drastically wrong. Like, is this person going to show up for you when you need them most? And for me, safety in relationships and friendships is very important. And I have learned for me that not everybody gets access to me or full access to me. Your level of access depends on how you treat me and how you show up for me. So safety is really, safety for me in a relationship and friendships is really just, do you accept me for who I am? Do you love me for who I am? Do you support me? Do you root for me? Do you defend me behind my back? Because if somebody has, my whole thing is like, if somebody ever says something rude about me, like, I know my friends are coming correct. <laughs> like, they're going to be like, we're not doing that. Like, 
are you like having my back behind my back? But just, are you just, you know, just being a good person to me? Are we aligning? Do we have the same dreams and visions and, you know, wants? And are we good for each other? And I think that if you can answer all those questions, I think that you'll be able to tell if somebody's a safe space for you. Like if that person calms you, if that person gives you peace and contentment, if that person prays for you and lifts you up, that's a safe space. If your energy is off, if you cringe, if your body feels heavy, if you want to cry, if you have all this negativity, like your body is telling you that that is not a safe place for you. And I've learned that it's so important to create safe spaces with, you know, relationships, particularly with your friends and your relationships, because those are relationships that you get to choose. Then I think that makes a world of difference. That was a long answer, but that's my answer. <laughs> what about you? I didn't know it was a- I think that was a great answer. I um, can definitely piggyback on a lot of what you said, and especially when you said that you made a good point about Black women. We always feel like we have to be on. Because let me tell you, at work, fake laughing with these customers and clients is is a skill, and I'm tired of it. So (laughs) when I get home and I kick it with my friends or, you know, whatever, I want to be able to be, like you were saying, 100% myself like a safe space for me is really vulnerability and that's hard for me to do anyway that could honestly have nothing to do with that friend or that man it's just a challenge for me personally to be vulnerable but I know that this is a safe friendship or this is a safe relationship if I can sit there and cry or express my feelings whether that's pain anger happiness and in whatever element that is, if it's supportive, you know, like I feel like on my end, I am very supported, supportive of people. And I would like that to be reciprocated. So I think vulnerability, support, and reciprocation are big for me in terms of feeling a safe space. And also, you already know this about me, Shelby, like if my spirit says, mm-mm, some may write about him, mm-mm, some may write about her, 99% of the time I'll be right. <laughs> Even though I may second guess myself about that man or that or that friend, eventually, um, because you kind of touched on it too, like you got to pay attention to how your body reacts. Like, do you have anxiety? Like I read this thing where it was like, pay attention to how your body reacts after you have interacted with someone. So mm-hmm. just basically what you were saying, like, are you, do you have anxiety? Are you stressed? Do you feel lighter? Do you feel relieved? Do you feel like that was a great conversation? Like, And I also feel like platonic and romantic relationships in terms of safe space is essentially the same, if not, you know, very similar. Because Mm -hmm. I, if I feel like I can have a safe space with my friends, but not my man, like, what is that? Like, I should be able to have a safe space with both. And I think for me, like I said, it just really comes down to being able to be vulnerable and being able to receive what I pour into the other person. Um, because like you said, I mean, y'all could be turning up with me, popping bottles with me, celebrating with me, but are you there in the trenches? Do you know my story? Were you there to support me when I was down and out, when I was crying myself to sleep, when I could not even function? Like, were you there for me in that realm? Um, cause I will never forget Shelby. Like one time I was just so stressed and I came to your house and I think we were recording podcasts or we were going to, or we finished or whatever. And you were asking me what's wrong and me being in my like pride, like, I don't want to see nobody want me to don't want anybody to see me cry. I bust out in tears 
like because I was just so like stressed and holding it in. And the first thing that you did was pray for me in that moment. And it's like, that is a safe space right there. So if you have friends that pray for you or lift you up or a man that prays for you, lift you up, a woman that prays for you, lift you up, that right there is definitely a safe space um, that you would want um, in any of your types of relationships. So for me, I value friendships. I value relationships based on, do I feel safe with you? Because if I don't, you can keep it moving. And that's friends, homegirls, or homeboys, or whatever. Yeah. So that's what and I was. And I would just like to pick you off one thing or add one other thing. I think the other thing that um, can let you know if your friends or like a romantic interest is a safe space is watch their actions. Let me tell you something. People can say a lot of stuff, they can lie backwards, as my granny say. But like, what are their actions? Are they doing what they say they're going to do? Are they showing up for you? Like Erica said, are they reciprocating the love, the energy, the time and the safe space that you give them? I think that a lot of times we make excuses for people. Oh, he got this or he got that. But no, what about when they called you at 3am and you showed up? What about when they needed you and you showed up? What about when they told you something that was probably wild, but you did not judge them? I think that it's really important to Erica's point is to make sure that if you're being a safe space for someone, that they are in turn being a safe space for you. Like watch their actions. Actions don't lie. People can show you the representative, but their representative is going to be off one day. They going to have a bad day. So make sure that you watch people's actions and trust your gut. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people think that if they know you in some capacity or you were close, that they are entitled to have access to you. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but ain't nobody entitled to shit if they are not your safe space or they're not your friend or they are not reciprocating anything. Like this is your life. As they say, you are the CEO, you are the CEO of it. So you get to decide who has access to you and who you want to be a safe space for and who gets to be a safe space for you. Because when you are in relationships, whether platonic or romantic, that is energy. And you have to be very careful about who you allow yourself to have access to and who gets access to your energy and who gets the best version of you. People get different tiers of me based on where they stand in my life. Erica, she gets like tier one because, you know, she's been dealing with me for a long ass time. So she gets the best version of me. But somebody that just comes into my life, although I'm kind and cordial and nice, they probably get tier 10. Like you got to work yourself up. So definitely just trust yourself, trust your good, trust your your instinct. And, you know, just make sure that you are doing what you need to have a safe space for your life and for what you want to do in life, as well as the people around you. I love that. I feel like we could write a whole book on that um, because <laughs> we have learned a lot. Because I, I can definitely say I have not always had this in my mind when it comes to relationships with people. Um, I usually were just, like you said, like kind of nice to everyone or kind of accepted everyone, even though at first I'm very cautious of people in general. But when I look back at past relationships and friendships, I was like, wait, why were you allowing them in your space? That is why you was acting the way that you were acting. That is why you never felt like that person had your back. So what I'm learning is to make a conscious decision and a conscious effort to keep people around me that have actually been there 
for mm-hmm. me and what I've been through in my past and that have really truly supported me because I could yeah. care less who's turning up with me um on celebrations like I even on celebrations I need the people that were actually there when what nothing to celebrate so right you definitely want people that are with you in the trenches. My mom always told me, and I never really understood it or got it or grasped it until until the past year or two. My mom always told me, like, if you got one good friend, you have more than enough. And I never really understood that until uh, really about a year or two ago. Like, I had something happen to me that was just a lot, and it was heavy. And I remember... I had told my best friend Bria, but I hadn't really told her the extent of it. And it was my birthday. My, I think it was like, what was I, 27, 28? I don't know. It was one of them birthdays. And Erica and Bria came over. And I was telling them what happened. And I bust into tears, which is so unlike me. (laughs) Just crying. And I ended up telling them, like, everything that has happened and everything that was going on. Keep in mind, they already had things to do. They had a lot on their plate. But the first thing they asked me was like, what do you need from me? Like, what do you need me to do? How can I help you? How can I support you? And I had so much pride that I wasn't even going to tell them, but they created such a safe space for me that I felt like, okay, like, telling them how I felt and what they needed. And when I tell y'all they showed up for me and they showed out for me, I tell people all the time, like, me and Erica or me and Bria could fall out. They can get mad at me, but they're going to have to go sleep on the couch because we're still friends. Because I just feel like we have just been through too much as friends and we have supported each other. Like, we ain't going to die, but they might ride or dies. And I love them as long as with my my other friends. So have safe spaces. Create safe spaces, you guys. Yes. Amen. All right. I feel like we done here. Bye, y'all. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's keep it moving to our next segment, which is called the journey. So this is when Shelby and I will discuss something that we have learned or have been challenged with, um, in building our brand, all things melanin. So let's talk about setting boundaries with work. So Shelby, one thing we've both learned is that setting boundaries with work, family, friends is critical to being, to your well-being um, and success and when building a life that you don't need a break from, right? So mm-hmm. let's chat about how we set healthy boundaries that allow us to flourish. What are some boundaries you and I set to stick to no matter what? Let me tell y'all something. Boundaries is one of the major keys to not losing your mind. Because let me tell you something. I don't feel like I used to set like work or friend boundaries. But one thing I learned is that if somebody cares about you and your well-being, they are not going to be offended by your boundaries. People who disrespect your boundaries and take advantage of you are going to be offended by your boundaries. So that's the first thing. Take note. I think for work, Uh, I will say that my job is really good about boundaries. I think that they respect my boundaries very well, but I also enforce them. So some boundaries that I put in at work, I do not answer my email. I do not check my email. I do not look at my Slack. I turn it off. It is muted. Um, But um, if it is before eight o'clock, I'm not looking at it. If it's after five o'clock, I'm not looking at it. Between the hours of eight and five, ask me whatever you need to ask me. I will go above and beyond. But after that, it is the next day's concern. If I am on vacation, I will give you plenty of heads up that I am on vacation. But unless the world is on fire and it's a critical emergency, y'all gonna have to deal with it. Y'all gonna have to figure it out. There are more than enough intelligent professionals in here to figure it out. 
your girl, I take my breaks at work. I make sure that I take a break. But I also, like, I actually take my lunch. I know a lot of people don't take their lunch, but I do take my lunch. I block my schedule if I feel like I don't want to have meetings. Like, if I need to catch up on work or I just need some heads down time, I make sure to, you know, just... Make sure that I'm allotting enough time to do what I need to do. But also, for instance, so people won't schedule over my lunch, I have it to where it automatically will decline the meeting. Like if you try to schedule something for me from 12 to 1, it is all going to automatically decline. And I feel that when I set those boundaries up, that everybody's like, okay, like Shelby is not going to take a meeting from 12 to 1. Okay, Shelby has something on her calendar. She can't do that. But I also communicate what I can do and what I cannot do in a time frame. I think that so many times as women, particularly, um, we are, we can be such yes people. Yes, I'll get it done. Yes, I'll get it done. Sis, when are you going to get your work done? If you're doing, if you're helping everybody else. <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with helping anybody else. But I think that I have, I've had to learn with boundaries that I have to be realistic. I'm like, for instance, even today, like I was working on something. Someone was like, hey, Shelby, can you get this done? Hey, yeah, I can, but it's not going to be until tomorrow because I'm working on X, Y, and Z. Now, if you would like me to do it, then I'm going to have to push something back. Just being open and honest. So I would say those are work boundaries. And then as far as friend boundaries, I would say that anybody that really knows me, um, my close friends, my best friends, um, they don't really cross my boundaries at all. Some things that I have in place is I put my phone on Do Not Disturb every single night around 8, 830. Um, my closest friends are on my star list. But also my closest friends' phones are all did not disturb as well. <laughs> and they don't really bother me or reach out to me as well. For instance, if Erica calls me at midnight, she can get through to me. But I know if Erica calls me, she's not going to be like, girl, what's your favorite color? Like something is wrong. She really needs to talk to me. So um, I feel like as far as with family and friends and stuff like that, I feel like my friends really spread my boundaries because my friends know how I am. And I think with family, I think that sometimes I've had to work on my boundaries with my family because I think that my family still sees me as a child, but I'm a grown-ass woman and I have to remind people sometimes, no, <laughs> I cannot do this. This is a boundary. You cannot speak to me like this. I am grown. I pay bills. You can't tell me what to do. You can make a suggestion, but you can't tell me what to do. And one thing that I've learned about boundaries is that I'm such a kind and respectful person. So I'm never going to be rude. I think I've learned for me that it's just, it's really important for me to take a stand and articulate and enforce my boundaries. And that's it. Like I'm not responsible for how somebody else perceives my boundaries. I'm not responsible with what somebody else thinks. And I really don't give a damn. Um, Because at the end of the day, I am the most important person in my life. And if somebody does not respect my boundaries, that is a personal problem that they are going to have to take up with our Lord and Jesus, Savior, our Christ, Jesus. So let's talk a little better. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just over here dying. Um, <laughs> that last comment. <laughs> um, okay. So let's see what I can add to that. I feel like for me, I always try to come up with some kind of mantra that I'm going to follow <laughs> for the year or season or whatever. But for me, what's important for boundaries, you kind of touched on it, was saying no. Like, I will mm -hmm. be passing out a lot more no's because I realize people get so comfortable with your yes. And so I feel like that can apply to work, family, friends, just whatever. Because a lot of the times yes. I find myself getting really just mentally exhausted a lot. And it's not even because I have so much on my plate. It's just everything at once <laughs> happening. Um, so for me, I try to have boundaries 
for myself, like trying to make sure that I work smarter and not necessarily harder. So if that does mean if I, for instance, at work, if I know I'm gonna have a super bill that it's going to be a hectic day. So it's like, okay, let me do something that is a little bit smarter than making it making it harder for myself and then for example for our blog like we schedule our a lot of our content that's actually working smarter and not harder feeling the pressure of having to come up with content every single day and doing that so that's just kind of example but then for me also just learning to speak up when I have no capacity (laughs) like whether that's with friendships like if I literally have said to my friends before I was like look I ain't got it in me today. Like I I don't have no capacity. So whatever that looks like for you, just speaking up really has been a challenge, but it's been also like a breakthrough. <laughs> so um and I feel like from my experience corporate wise, people do not care about your boundaries. And I don't know if it's a work from home thing or what, but I've realized like for instance today I have my whole entire system on do not disturb. And people were still trying to disturb me, but it was on do not disturb because I had a focus on getting something particularly done. And I've never done that before. I'm always like you were saying, yes, I'll do this. Yes, I do this. But when was I going to have time to do what I actually needed to be done right then? So and also one thing I will add to um, what you said, Shelby, is just like taking necessary breaks and hiatuses. Like, yes, my phone goes on do not disturb at a certain time every night. But that's so I not only will you know, not be so available to everyone, but also um, at times staying off of social media after a certain amount of time or after a certain time of the day, just to clear my mind and create a boundary for myself. And um, it really helps. And then one thing too, like within our brand that I really like, because it's two of us, we are able to like shift roles and responsibilities sometimes when it's just not either balanced or we just have you know, one of us has more than the other to do or whatever. It just really helps set those kinds of um, boundaries. And that's what we've been sticking to no matter what. So, yep, that's what I would say. All right. So let's keep it moving to our mentor moment. I love this segment, um, how we give <laughs> our Dr. Phil and Yonla Van Zant advice. So, Okay. <laughs> All right, so this segment is when um, we read a listener's letter um, and then we give our advice on it. So the letter goes, hi, Shelby and Erica, I need your advice. I've been with my boyfriend for about a year and a half. I'm head over heels in love and think he is the one. We've talked about everything but one thing, money. I really want to have a money talk to ensure that we are on the same page about finances, but I'm a little weary about bringing it up. My question is, when is a good time to bring up a money conversation and how do I go about having the conversation? I feel like you should go first, friend. You you go first. Girl, I don't know. Um, okay, <laughs> let me just be honest. Okay, money is a touchy subject for yeah. me when it comes to a relationship. And I honestly depend I think it depends on the status of the relationship. So are y'all discussing taking the relationship to the next level, engagement, moving in, getting married? Like if that is the next level and that has been discussed, then I feel like it's necessary to talk about money and just kind of, I mean, you probably have an idea of how that person manages their money by now. I mean, if you've been with him for a year and a half, then you probably kind of have an idea. But as far as like knowing how much he makes or you make or like how much he has saved, does he have, you know, a 401k, like investments, 
stuff like that can get really, really deep because I always hear that like the number one reason why people split up is over money. So I definitely think it does need to be discussed. But I think if you're just in a dating relationship and it's nothing that you're you're not discussing going to the next level, I honestly think that that's really not a subject you need to start talking about yet unless you're going to be married. Um, Because for me, I mean, I have known of people that have discussed that information too early and mm-hmm. um you know that's kind of sometimes I know this sounds bad but sometimes that's how you can get used if you are yep. discussing that or it could create problems with maybe if you make more than he does and then that cre- can create some rifts in the relationship so I guess my advice would just be to make sure you are on the same page about the status of the relationship. Otherwise, keep your finances to yourself because it it doesn't need to be brought up unless you are trying to build a life with this person, obviously. And then, um, I don't know. I think, I think finances are so touchy because in a way it is personal because you really mm-hmm. all up in each other's business with that. Yeah. Um, but you want to make sure that you're on the same page as far as as the status of the relationship. But for me, I'm not putting you on my credit card. I ain't putting you, I ain't giving you access to nothing until we know that we going to the next level, right? So that would be my advice. What about you? Um, I a thousand percent agree with you. I'm actually reading this budget book right now. I can't think of the name of it, but I will put it in the show notes just in case you want to know. And that basically said what you just said, that that is something that a lot of people don't talk about so that when they get in money trouble, it's a really huge issue because a lot of times people have different ways and philosophies around money, how they handle money, um, being in debt, all of the things. Um, Like I said, I agree with Erica. I think that if this is just something that's fun um, and y'all just chilling chilling or it's not really that serious we ain't got to talk about money because why do you need to know how much I make and what I bring home if you if we're not if we're not going there um to Erica's point I think you have to be very careful I'm not saying all men do it I say I think a lot of times women get a bad rep for being gold diggers I'm gonna put this out there men can be gold diggers as well there are men who prey on women there are men who prey on women that have money as well it goes both ways i just wanted to put that out there so i just feel like in general women and men you have to be very careful about who you talk talk money with i've heard of so many situations that started out good that went wrong because people felt like they were entitled to money that they didn't make but that's a different story for a whole different day um but i think in my opinion Like I said, I agree with Erica. If you all are about to take the next step, I think that it's really important to have a money conversation, whether you two just set up a money date or maybe you all get like a financial advisor involved. I think it's very important to be aligned on finances. But I think this is a conversation we need to have either when we're engaged or right before we get engaged. Because we need to be serious, serious. Like, I need to know you, my man. I need to know you lock me down. I need to know we in this thing. We in the trenches. I think that if you're about to go in the trenches with somebody and get married to them, then you're about to take on their money persona in essence. So I think it's important to know what they make, what they bring in. How do they budget? How do they save? What is their credit score? Are they in debt? How much debt are they in? Are they in credit card debt? Do they like to keep up with the Joneses? Because if they like to keep up with the Joneses, we, Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) But I also think that you can pick up on those things. Because you know, like when you hang out with people, you can kind of pick up on their money habits. You kind of know if they blow a lot of money. You kind of know if they not saving. For instance, like my friends and I, we don't know how much each other makes, but we talk money um, 
in general, you know, so pretty much all of us have good money habits and we have these open and honest conversations. But I think that if y'all are getting ready to take it to the next level, I think you need to get really serious. I think then you can sit down and have the conversation. But I'm also going to say, like, don't just take their word for it. Like, I need to see, look at some receipts. I need him to show you in the flesh. I don't want to hear about no lies. Okay. Like, if y'all are going to have a money conversation, have a money conversation. Like, you all need to write down, like, what you want to know, what you need to see, what are your financial goals, what are his financial goals, like, who going to control what, are y'all going to have separate accounts, are y'all going to have a joint account, are y'all going to have separate accounts with a joint account that pays, like, what are y'all going to do, like, how is it going to be best, and then I think that when it comes to money, you have to do what's best for you, so do what's going to be best for you and your partnership when you have the money conversation, and forget about what everybody else, because I'm like, Erica, I'm not putting you on my card, I'm not putting you on my account, um, you're not gonna fuck me over, but I think sorry, <laughs> but because I work really hard on my credit, okay, <laughs> I got good credit, <laughs> but I think that the time to bring the money conversation up is when it's really serious and y'all really in the trenches together. Because I think that if y'all are gonna get married and be in the trenches together, I think that it's very important to start out on a really good financial foot, and you can only do that if you have a conversation. But I still think that you should take every precaution to protect yourself and do what you gotta do for you sis because let me tell you we love a financially stable sis and some men do too so that's all I'm saying girl I'm so glad you said it so um I'm not gonna throw (laughs) nobody under the bus but people do it's not just the women that go after money okay let me move on okay so if you guys out there have a question that you want us to answer give our advice on please send us an email to all things melanin tv at gmail.com or slide in our dms at all things melanin underscore underscore so i feel like this has been a great show today so we're gonna leave you with the words of encouragement um coming from john 13 7 Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. Let me tell y'all something. When I tell y'all this hit home for me, this hit home for me. And I'm going to tell you why. You didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you why, like I always tell Erica. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of times, and I'm talking about myself, I'm going to put myself on blast. I think a lot of times that we pray, believe, and manifest for things, and we can't understand why they aren't coming to pass. It could be a house. It could be a car. It could be a man. It could be a new job. It could be moving. It could be restoring your health. It could be your business flourishing. It could be a multitude of things. And a lot of times we really don't understand why God is not delivering on what we think he should deliver. He's not making happen what we think we should make happen. And honestly, the other day, I was having a conversation with God. No, I wasn't. I was telling God, why you ain't did this? Why you ain't did that? I'm upset. (laughs) That's really what the conversation was. And I felt like God told me in my quiet time with him when I was journaling and reading my devotionals and trying to get an answer for him. Like, she'll be like, how do you know this is my will for you? How do you know that I'm not protecting you from something? How do you know I'm not preparing you for something? How do you know I'm not setting you up for something? And I think a lot of times when we're in situations, we don't see what God is doing for us. But in hindsight, when it's a week or two weeks or month or years down the line, we look and we look back and be like, oh, okay, God, I see why you did that. I will tell you that I am waiting on God to deliver on a lot of things that I feel like he's shown me. 
that I've been praying about, but I've had to learn that that is not my will, that it is his will, that it is not my mind, that it is not my time, it is his time. But I will say that every time I've prayed for something and God has said he was going to deliver, when I look back on, when I look back, I understand why I had to wait, why I had to prepare, why I had to do the work. So I really want to encourage you that whatever you are praying and believing God for, to just give him some time, to be content, to pray about it, to journal to journal it, and to trust him. Because if you think about it, you don't really know what God is protecting you from. You don't know what he is preparing you from. You don't know what he's covering you from. So I really just pray that you have faith and you trust him because it's literally like the verse says, you literally may not understand why God is doing it, what he's doing, but it's a lot of times it's not for us to understand. Like God is God. Like he knew what he was going to do before we were like a little embryo in our mom's stomach like he already knew how the story was gonna go we didn't we were just looking for a bottle when we got out the womb you know what I mean but just trust him and give him time and by and by as my mama say you will understand I feel like I mean I love this bible verse because I feel like I don't understand nothing that's going on or nothing that God is doing in my life I feel like I'm in this kind of like girl wait season and keep on waiting and wait some more so um one of the things that you touched on was just like understanding and I feel like you know growing up in like church I used to hear like don't question God and that and that's I don't know if that's in our culture or what but I'm just like I don't really agree with that because I feel like you can ask God for understanding and he sometimes he may not answer it in the way that you want but you can have like 